Boraway Army and fellow music fans, I'm Kayla. And I'm Bethany, and we're the hosts of Standing BTS from the Consequence Podcast Network. We're a bi-weekly show that covers the impact and legacy of K-pop group BTS. We mix the perfect blend of research and fangirl as we take a deep dive into lyrics during album reviews, theorize over music videos, and keep up with their current events. No BTS topic is off limits. We welcome everyone into the conversation, whether you're a casual fan, committed ARMY, or someone who's just curious about one of the biggest music groups in the world. Come chat with us every other Thursday with a new episode wherever podcasts are found. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Consequence Podcast Network. Hello, and welcome to The Spark Parade, a show where I geek out with artists and entertainers about their cultural spark of inspiration. I'm Adam Unz at Spark Parade on all social media. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, I have got a fun show for you today. Do you like fun? I hope so. Will I go as far as to say it is a super fun show? Yes. Yes, I will. This week, I am joined by singer-songwriter Upsall, who spoke to me about her spark, Christopher Nolan's mind-bending space odyssey Interstellar. We had such a great time together. Um, this show has always tried to be a place where artists can promote their work and share a little bit about themselves without having to answer the same old shitty questions that they're asked day in and day out, and Upsall really got that and was really into it. So that made our chat very enjoyable, which is why you'll enjoy it. That's not a threat, that's a promise. So let's dive right into it. Quick Upsall facts. Taylor Cameron Upsall, known professionally as Upsall, is an American singer-songwriter and multi-instrumentalist, an artist who grew up with a musician father who played in multiple alternative and punk bands, and grandparents who were music teachers. Upsall has been immersed in music from a young age. First releasing music under her full name at age 14, she garnered attention from her hometown music scene in Phoenix, Arizona, and after graduating from the Arizona School for the Arts, Upsell has proven to be an evolving and talented songwriter and musician. In the last few years, she's collaborated with and written for the likes of Dua Lipa, Madison Beer, and most recently with Anne-Marie and Little Mix. Her debut album, Lady Jesus, was released last year to much acclaim. Upsell's North American headlining tour starts on September 29th, and you can hear her latest single, Monica Lewinsky, right now. Quick Interstellar facts. Interstellar is an epic science fiction film co-written, directed, and produced by Christopher Nolan. It stars Matthew McConaughey, Anne Hathaway, and Jessica Chastain. It is set in a dystopian future where humanity is struggling to survive, and the film follows a group of astronauts who travel through a wormhole near Saturn in search of a new home for humanity. 
The film had a worldwide gross of over $677 million, making it the 10th highest grossing film of 2014. And there you have it. Let's get this show on the road. Here comes my chat with Upsal about Interstellar. So the standard uh, starting point is kind of your uh, origin story with uh, this piece of work. So do you remember seeing it for the first time or being turned on to it? Uh, yeah, the first time I saw Interstellar was actually during quarantine, which is so embarrassing because like it's such an amazing movie that I was missing out on like half of my life. Um, but yeah, I was never like a movie kid growing up at all. I think it's because of like ADHD, but also because I was so into music. So my attention span was like the length of a fucking song. Like I couldn't really sit through movies, but during quarantine, I had nothing better to do. So I was like, I need to catch up on like so many lost years of like all of these classic movies. And so one of my friends was like, you need to get into Nolan movies. And Interstellar was the first one I watched. And I was like, mind blown. I was like sobbing. I was, I was alone watching it because it was quarantine <laughs> yeah. and I finished it and started it over again. Cause it's such like a mind fuck. I was like, Hey, I'm obsessed with this and be like, what even just happened? And I watched it two times in a row in one sitting. Like I was obsessed with it. Oh my God. And this is a long movie as well. So, mm-hmm. um, going from not really feeling like you have the the bandwidth to watch a movie at all to watching something that's uh, quite an investment. It means, yeah, definitely a testament to how much you loved it. Um, yeah, I think, uh, I mean, you know, this is a slight uh, digression, but just thinking about uh, how the pandemic affected people in terms of what they're engaging with and, and whatever, that it was like everybody was kind of forced to slow down a little bit. And yeah. you're at home and it's like exactly what you said. What the fuck else are you going to do? You have to like keep yourself busy somehow. And you don't really want to do anything that's like, you know, I am going to learn a new language. It's like you exactly. just want to yeah. get your mind off of things and and keep yourself occupied in a way that doesn't feel too like exhausting. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I can definitely relate to like <laughs> jumping into the uh, entertainment side of things. Um okay. Yeah, so this is the first uh, first of his films that you, you'd seen. Um, have you like branched out and seen other ones since then, or? I have. My toxic trait is that like once I love like Interstellar, my friends make fun of me. It's like my comfort movie, so I tour a lot too, being a musician. And whenever I like get sat on tour, I watch Interstellar. And whenever something bad happens, I like watch Interstellar. <laughs> you know, way too many times. But um, yeah, I had seen Memento before, mm. which I loved. And then, like, Inception, which, like, blew my mind. And, like, Tenant was really good, but I didn't understand it at all. So I keep coming back to Interstellar. But, um, yeah, I'm just such a fan. It's so good. Yeah. And I think one of the things, for me at least, that um, stands out about this movie in, you know, his library of, of films is that it's science fiction, but it's grounded in, you know, focusing on the science part of it. Um, mm-hmm. And... I don't know if you know about this stuff, but like the original concept um, was developed, like it was initially going to be directed by Steven Spielberg. And I did not know that. That's crazy. Yeah. And he saw this physicist um, named Kip Thorne uh, talk, give a talk about um, wormholes. And he was so like fascinated by the idea that he developed the concept for the movie with this guy. And um, that physicist had been talking about 
creating movie with um, uh, another scientist anyway. So they kind of developed the idea together and then Steven Spielberg couldn't direct it and it went to Christopher Nolan. Um, But everything that happens in the movie, he wanted to make it as realistic as possible. So trying to keep it in the realm of um, at least theoretical science, if not actual science that people have, you know, that have, uh, has been used in practice. Um, so I think that to me, like having that knowledge adds to it even more that it's like, obviously we're not traveling to other stars or, you know, to through black holes or anything, but, um, yeah, having that like, uh, idea of at least that stuff being theoretically possible was really exciting to me. Same. I, it like, I've always been so fascinated by space and just like the universe in general. So this movie, like the fact that the way they explain all of this, like we're getting into this wormhole that's like by Saturn and it's going to take us to this new place that has 12 other planets or whatever. Like you're like, Oh, like, all right, cool. Like, let, like you understand how that could potentially be like a real thing. Cause it's all like theoretical science. And I think that's what made the movie so cool is like, and the fact that like, it's all based around the fact that like the earth is dying and they need to like find a new place to populate. It's like, we're not too far off from that, you know? So it's like, even though it's like science fiction and it's like just insane to like even conceptualize that movie, it's, it's like, it feels like realistic. Do you know what I mean? Right. Right. And like those little moments where they show interviews with people who are like, you know, old people who are reminiscing about or like remembering the dust storms kicking up and earth being destroyed. Um, Some of those are taken from a documentary by uh, Ken Burns about the dust bowl. So it's like talking about real events that happened during the depression and real crops being destroyed and people's lives being ruined. Um, So yeah. And all that idea of what was happening on earth was like uh, taken from ideas of things that have already happened. So again, like kind of trying to ground it in reality so people can really relate to what's happening. Oh, oh, that's crazy. I didn't know that that's where all that footage was from. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, but like you said, it's what's happening, (laughs) um, you know, and I think people are just really starting to engage with the fact that it's these disasters are coming and they're already starting. And, um, so yeah, thinking about what the possibilities are for humanity if this planet is completely is ruined. Any? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um it's crazy. Totally. And I just um, you know, throw in throwing the facts at you uh hard and fast here, but <laughs> the you know more about interstellar than me. I'm like, damn, I need to do some fucking research. It's amazing. No, no, no. That's that's my job. I'll bring the, you know, um nerdy <laughs> stuff and you just talk about how it made you feel. Um but, yeah, boy, love it. <laughs> um the physicist involved in uh you know he he brought them tons of data tons of science and what you know i read is that the people who made the film were saying it's like basically a scientific journal that was really dense and like you know full of complicated equations and they used all that data to create the special effects and like the uh black hole itself they input all this data, like all of the kind of rendering, um, you know, the, the engines that were 
creating the special effects that normally in in films you know they input data showing how they want things to move and all of the things that they want to happen and because they were trying to ground it in reality or what we know about black holes it was so much more complicated and like they had single images that took a hundred hours for the computer to render because it was trying to like get its computer brain around the idea of like what this thing would look like. Um, so totally that's crazy. Insane. I yeah. think that's absurd. Ooh, that's crazy. Damn. Yeah. And again, it kind of adds to the, like the, how amazing it is. They also, this, this physicist published, I think three scientific papers based on, the modeling that was created in this movie. So the, the like special effects actually led to real scientific discoveries because like, yeah, because it like, you know, science probably has a harder time finding funding funding than Hollywood movies. Um, movies So fucked, but yes. Yeah. Yeah. So like putting all that stuff, you know, uh, crunching the numbers, doing these models, with basically unlimited money being thrown at it, they were able to like understand black holes in a different way than they had before. So That's crazy. So the movie yeah. doubled as like a little like like a full on study or like a research thing. That's crazy. Yeah, totally. And like unintentionally, I think the right. even the guy who was providing, you know, the um Kip Thorne, who was the physicist who provided all the data, I don't think he was expecting it to uh, you know, he thought he was gonna inform this you know, made up world. And then he right. saw it and he's like, Oh my God, that's exactly what it would look like. Um, so yeah, pretty crazy. That's crazy. That makes me want to like rewatch the movie again, knowing that like, that's actually like what that shit would be like. Like that's absurd. I will watch it again probably today because it's like my movie, but yeah. that's crazy. Yeah. I guess like the idea of traveling through a wormhole is like not, like something that physics really allows so that was one thing that he was like mm, i don't i don't know about that and then also when they go to like the ice planet and there's frozen clouds he's like that probably wouldn't happen because ice is just not stable enough to like sustain that oh, amount yeah. of mass but everything else he was like yeah like i feel confident that the science is really good with the vast majority of things that were happening in that movie the one that like really tripped me out and scared the shit out of me was that planet that was like all water and then the huge wave came that blew my mind like that was terrifying right and again yeah. there was something about the the data that they were trying to um you know make make things as realistic as possible that he discovered like with a planet in the enormous gravitational pull of a black hole um that the rate at which it would be spinning or you know I'm, i don't know i'm not a scientist i don't know what i'm talking about but like there was something about that that those waves would have yeah and that they would have occurred in like an hour cycle which is what the movie says and he said the movie said that that was what was going to happen before he actually understood that that's what it was going to be and i think that was kind of a coincidence um but yeah. still pretty pretty cool that's so crazy yeah, that that is terrifying. I would die. Like that's crazy. Yeah, and that's it as well. Like all of this, you know, dense nerdy stuff, um, is one side of it, and the other side is just like it's so amazing. This like the the way that it makes you feel is, um, you know, 
even without understanding exactly how everything works and why it makes sense in a you know theoretical science kind of way um emotionally it's it's so intense yeah i think that's why i loved it so much and like we're talking about covid and like just the idea of like everyone was kind of put on the same like level of life for the first time ever like even though it's this like crazy movie about like science and space travel and time warping or whatever like it's really just about like a dad's relationship with his like daughter and it's like the most humanizing thing about like I don't know just the fact that the movie is like otherworldly but it's really just like so incredibly humanizing is what made it so cool to me is like he just traveled like towards the end of the movie whatever he like travels through like space forever throughout like his daughter's entire life and then like watching them get to see each other again is like the most special thing ever like oh it's so good right and um you know that thing with uh by the way spoilers everywhere with oh, this we're not shit. no no like oh, yeah I, okay good I, I there will be a disclaimer at the beginning of this and if anybody hasn't seen this movie by now and they're listening to this Go that's your own it, fault yeah. you should have watched it first yeah. um but the part where Anne Hathaway you know they're deciding between the two planets to visit and her boyfriend is on one planet and she wants to go there and she's talking about like why isn't love uh as valid a reason as any other and Mm -hmm. kind of getting into like the science of emotions saying we know that there are reasons for love that it's about community building and um you know the propagation of the species and you know making sure that uh there's a reason for humans to kind of look out for each other and and want the whole species to survive but then saying it still doesn't make sense why people love people who've died um and saying that you know even th- that there are things that science can't explain and it doesn't mean that they won't it won't be able to explain things in the future but just mm-hmm. saying there's that room for um kind of the intersection between logic and emotions and even when they're you know trillions of light years away from their planet and doing the trying to figure things out that it's like life and death and not just for them but for all of humanity saying that using love as a reason to make a choice between these two planets is you know not just valid but makes sense can make sense scientifically that was that really yeah um, the way she she's like love is just as important as like gravity she's like because love can travel across dimensions or what like the way she says it is just like oh it like rips your heart out you're like wait yeah like it's yeah it's amazing it's such a beautiful movie it's so good time for a quick break because somebody's got to keep the lights on around here but we'll be right back Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. And that idea of, you know, that intersection where you're thinking about the reality of people committing to that kind of exploration that it is basically saying I'm donating my life to the hope that humanity will continue. And that's so fucking scary. And like, I can't imagine being that brave or selfless to be able to do that. Yeah. It's crazy. It's also like, I think that's why like Matthew McConaughey's character is so charming is because like the comedic relief of like, cause like that's so heavy. Like he's getting in a spaceship and leaving planet earth probably never coming back right and like is like cracking jokes the whole time I'm like that's it makes it so much just like lighter to watch which I love like his character is so perfect for for that role I feel like it was it was like the perfect casting it was great yeah and you know having those moments of real like light and humor but also you know when they wake up from their cryo sleep or whatever and he's watching these videos of his son and yeah. also like I forgot that it was Timothy Chalamet who is I the know. young son. I was Crazy, like, oh, right? <laughs> yeah. It's wild. <laughs> yeah. Um, but just watching those videos of him talking and then seeing him grow up and become an adult and like talking about all of the things that he's missed. He's just like bawling his eyes out because for him, it's maybe felt like a couple of days. Um, yeah. So all of that stuff really fucks with me as well. Like, you know, the relativity of time and when they're talking about going to that water planet, it's like, we have to be really careful because every hour is seven years on earth. The anxiety that like the, whenever those type of conversations happened in the movie, like the first time I watched it, my heart was like racing because it's just like, they're just chasing the clock like 24 seven. It's crazy. Totally. And being, you know, so far in the middle of nowhere that it's like how long is it even going to take you to get home and you know thinking about wanting to see the people they love again and whether that's even going to be possible without visiting that planet and then you know having complications and having things go wrong and stuff and it's just like yeah so intense so so intense oh it's crazy um i it makes me think all the time i ask this is like my question i ask all my friends i'm like if you had the opportunity to like hop on a spaceship and go to another planet but like you would have to say goodbye to like earth but you would live an extra like whatever 100 years because you would like be frozen and get to like live your life on another planet would you do it that's my question for you would you do it i think it like it depends on the circumstances because like Matt Damon's character who does Mm -hmm. that and lands on this planet and it's like this wasteland there's nothing there and it means having no human contact at all that was another thing that's really affecting when they like wake him up 
and he oh, just starts exactly. crying and it's like seeing another person after whatever a couple of decades is so emotional and he's just like i've just been you you don't know what it's like to see another face after this long yeah. um so those things it's like yes but i would need to bring everyone i love with me exactly and yeah, yeah, yeah. like you know i want everything like all the best parts of earth and i want to know exactly what this other planet is so it's like sure but uh a conditional yes um, i feel that's on my i'm like i would go but like we'd have to everyone would have to pull up like it'd be so fun yeah yeah a very so, big spaceship yeah exactly we need a big spaceship for yeah. sure so funny yeah yeah um and also some of those other dilemmas like um you know michael kane the older scientist lying yeah. to people and trying to give them this false hope so that they would think um you know i'm doing this really brave thing but there's a good chance that we're going to find a place for the okay. people who are on this planet and we'll be able to bring them and even if you know people have aged a lot it'll still feel like it was worth it and the reality is that he never thought that was going to happen and that was just like yeah, really crushing as well that was that was very intense when you find out he's been like lying the whole time i was like fuck you but also like he's trying to save the planet so it's like mixed feelings you have no yeah yeah yeah, yeah. his character is so like complex because like to choose to like fuck up whatever like four people's lives versus like the entire human race it's like he had to like make that call of, like am i gonna lie to like do this like because you like hate him but you're like okay i guess i get it but like fuck you i don't know it's just so interesting how i feel about that character it's crazy yeah and that really makes you think about you know if that were a real situation you might actually have to do that because you might not be able to convince anybody to go and right. it's not like anyone who's willing can do this work it has to be somebody who's a scientist and that you know that uh, the amount of people who are qualified mm. to go on that journey, it's so, so small compared to like the whole population of the planet. So you can't just say like, we're taking applications from anybody. It has to be like yeah, exactly. a certain group of people. Um, so yeah, um, I hope that I don't have to ever make any kind of decision like that or, you know, do any kind of trip like that. <laughs> you're like it's not for me yeah, yeah. No, i feel that's so scary it's crazy yeah so i'm formally saying if anybody is listening to this and they're considering forcing me to go on uh, an interstellar go. mission i'm not gonna do it <laughs> <laughs> i would maybe do it because why not? if i was like nearing the end of my life i would be like fuck it let's go yeah but you know yeah and then it's like more of an adventure but like right now i'm like hmm yeah. I've got a lot of TV to catch up on and TV. <laughs> you know, there's just so much content out there. I don't know how much time I have for, you know, intergalactic yeah. exploration. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But like all, all of that stuff, the emotional side of things, um, just the way that all of the 
the uh, astronauts relate to each other. That the part where the you know they go to the water planet and they come back, and the guy's been like on the spaceship for two decades alone, yeah. going crazy, waiting for them to come back, thinking that they weren't going to come back and that he was just going to die alone on the spaceship. Ugh. All of those, like so many yeah. individual situations like that, that are like, this is going to make me not be able to fall asleep. <laughs> yeah. The, just imagine. Yeah. I'm forgetting his name, but yeah, the one who was on, stayed on the spaceship when they went to like the water planet. And like, imagine just being in a floating spaceship. You have no idea like where you are in, not in the world, in like the universe, and you're alone and you have no idea where anyone else is. Like, the feeling of like being that alone, like we can't even like comprehend that probably just cause like that's, yeah, it's crazy. Right. 20 years. Like, yeah, nah. you know, that's- it's trying, you know, th- there's all of this stuff, um, all these studies about the effects of like uh, solitary confinement on people and how terrible it is for people. And that's yeah. solitary confinement where they're still going to see people who bring them food a couple times a day and they might be let out for like an hour of exercise, whatever. And this is somebody who's trapped completely alone, no communication whatsoever with anybody else. And is just completely isolated in, as you said, like the middle of the you know blackest parts of the universe. Terrifying. Yeah. So terrifying. I think that's why. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, the movie is literally just about the importance of like human connection and like human relationships across like time and space and whatever but yeah i think love is like the through line and like humanity was like the through line of that whole movie which like yeah it's so pretty it's so beautiful yeah and the all the stuff you know that kind of solution to the problem is really about this strong emotional connection between a father and a daughter and both of them you know conveniently both of them being brilliant scientists but um being able to communicate with each other through you know morse code and um the hands of a a watch um yeah pretty pretty like simple concepts wrapped around really complex ones um and yeah it just is yeah pretty amazing it's so amazing yeah when he's in what is it like the tesseract or whatever it's called like and it's it's his daughter's like entire life, like every scene from her life. And he like, Oh, just the moment he's like, wait, I can like translate this code into Morse. And then like, and then you see her like watching the bookshelf. It's just like, Oh, you're like, y'all are geniuses. Like what the fuck? It's crazy. Yeah. And that like the way that they show what it looks like inside of a black hole and um, like, just having it be like complete blackness and then kind of having sand coming at him. And, you know, all of that obviously is a part of the the filmmaker's imagination. It's not like we actually know what happens inside of a black hole, but like that interpretation was so interesting to me. Um, And, you know, like his voice kind of going, like, you know, spreading out in a weird way. And um, when he ejects from the fucking spaceship in the middle of a black hole, it's like, no, that's terrifying insane yeah and he's like bye to brand or the chick yeah it's it's insane yeah the bravery is absurd like i could never it's so crazy yeah uh i think we have agreed 
great movie, but we're not going to do it in real life. So that's the conclusion. I think, you know, (laughs) we've, we've, uh, we've sealed the deal. No, uh, no traveling into black holes for either of us. Except mine is I'll do it at the end of my life. Okay. It's not, not, not now, but yes. Great. So, you know, we have that little carve out, but you know, at least for the next, whatever, 40 yeah, yeah few, years, like m- multiple decades away but um yeah, yeah. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh funny. i think that is a, a perfect note on which to finish this has been so much fun <laughs> thank, thank you so you much this is so i never like all the interviews i do are about like music and how i started in music and like when i got reached out about this they were like pick like piece of entertainment that you want to talk about i was like this is my dream like we get to nerd out over interstellar like I'm so excited. I've been really hyped for this. So thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you. This has been so, so great. Oh, yeah. All right. Take care. Yeah, Yeah, thank you. Have a good rest of your day. We'll see you later. All right. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. What a lovely person. Isn't she just? Thanks again to Upsell for making time for me. Um, She is, as I mentioned, hitting the road on September 29th for her North American tour. So get yourself some tickets immediately after you finish listening to this podcast. Okay, a quick little spark of the week for me. Um, I know this is very old news, but um, Heartstopper on Netflix is the sweetest, loveliest TV show you will ever put into your eyes and ears. Um, It's taken me a while, but I, uh, I just finished it last week. And it's a love story about a couple of queer high school kids in England, and it's based on a graphic novel of the same name. It is so adorable. Like, so fucking adorable, it kind of makes me want to scream. And, you know, it's Pride Month, folks. There's a lot of scary shit happening to queer people in this country right now and all over the world, to be honest. Queer people are being used as scapegoats and distractions from nefarious political agendas. It's horrific. Um, But in a lot of ways, though, shows like Heartstopper are the antidote to all of that hateful bullshit. It's, and I, um, you know, Heartstopper is an idealized version of the queer high school experience. These kids have tremendous amounts of support from their parents and their teachers. And actually, I've heard some kind of surprising criticism from queer people about the tone. I have friends who say it's too painful for them to watch this show because they never got to experience first love as a teenager, and they didn't have parents that supported them. So it just feels unrealistic. Um, Okay, there's a tiny little spoiler now, so skip ahead a few minutes if you are worried about that. Uh, Olivia Coleman is in Heartstopper as the the mom of one of the protagonists, and she's so lovely and kind and supportive. And there's this scene in the final episode where her son comes out to her, and she says all the right things and is so happy for him. And at the end of it, she's crying a little bit, you know, happy crying. And she says, oh, I love you, and just grabs him and hugs him. And, you know, to a lot of people I know, that felt like a fantasy. But for me, it was very real. You know, I was I was lucky enough to have the kindest, most supportive parents who gave me a nearly identical reaction when I came out to them. My mom, in particular, said almost exactly the same things that Olivia Coleman's character said. And, you know, God, I'm so lucky. Uh... In a lot of ways, things have gotten much, much better for queer people since I came out. And I think 
those positive reactions from supportive parents have gotten a little more common. But, you know, we've still got a long way to go. So let's just all do our best to fight back this tidal wave of hateful bullshit that's sweeping the globe. And I think the simplest way we can do that is for queer people to love each other and support each other loudly and openly, and for our allies to do the same. So follow my mom's lead. She listens to this show, so thank you, Mom, for making my life so much better and um, for knowing exactly the right thing to say when I needed you the most. Uh, happy Pride, everybody. That's about it from me this week. Um, take care of yourself and the people around you. Stay safe and have fun. And until next time, bye-bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.